Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 27 of Jock Talk. Uh, I'm John Jacques Taylor, my boy Big Joe in the Big Rig. What's up, dog? What up, what up? Well, I mean, we're going to get into the game in just a minute because that was a wild and crazy uh, game worthy of uh, two of the better teams in the, in, in the NFC. Uh, so I hope you guys are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as uh, me and Big Joe and Big Rig getting on the game. I do want to tell you that my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men, is available wherever you get your books. It's an inside look at why he's the coach the way he is. You want to know why he changed offensive coordinators this week? He's done it three times in four years. You get the answers in my book because I spent a year in Jackson following him around at Jackson State as he tried uh, to go perfect with them. Um, before we get started, you know, I always like to tell you none of this is possible without my friends at Greening Law. So let me tell you this. If you're involved in an accident and it's not your fault, and it doesn't matter whether it's at a business, an apartment complex, wherever. If you're away from the house and you get involved in an accident, it's not your fault. What you need to do, what you must do, pick up the phone, punch in 972-934-8900 and just tell them the situation. Understand. Consultation is free. It means it don't cost you nothing. Zero, zip, zilch, nada. To pick up the phone and say, hey, green team, here's what happened to me. Here's my deal. What do you think? And I'm going to keep it real with you. If they bring you on as a client, it's been your lucky day. For real. Because anybody who's gone through this, and if you haven't, let me tell you about it. It's a long, tedious, sometimes intimidating, scary process. And if you got the green team with you, walking you through there, you know, they hold a flashlight, you walk behind them, they say, hey, turn left right here, hold tight, stay still for a minute, turn right, let's go straight for a minute. Oh, watch out, watch out, okay, we good, we good. That's what they do for you. Why? They want you focused on rest and renewal. That's how they want you focused. Get your body right so you can go back to your normal life as you had before the, the, uh, the accident. Um, so there are partners who will walk you through this process they answer questions that you didn't even know existed, which is always a help. And check this out. I always tell folks this because it's real and it's important. They don't get paid nothing unless you get paid. Okay, check that out. They don't get paid unless you get paid. It don't really get much better than that. Um, again, 972-934-8900 is the number, but you ain't got to take my word for it. You can go to greeninglaw.com. Check out the website. You see for yourself the work that they do, especially what Robert Greening does away from the office in East Dallas and at Brian Adams High School. Hey, uh, if you're involved in an accident away from the crib and it's not your fault, give them a call. Send me a thank you note later. Dog, normally we have a chat before we start the show, just a brief chat about how we're going to go, what we're going to talk about, this, that, and the other thing. I told Joe today, no chat, dog. No chat. And I can't tell you what I said after that because that's just between us, us fellas. But uh, I didn't want to chat with him because I thought it was a fascinating game. I thought it was a great football game. I told y'all that the Cowboys could play good and lose 
And it wouldn't be the end of the world to me. It was more important that they played well, they showed up, they represented, they acted like they had the capability of being a terrific team because they're going to get the Eagles back at the crib later and we know how they play in Dallas. Um, so that being said, what's your initial thought on the game, bro? I thought it was a knockdown drag out. I thought uh, they had a lot of opportunities to win the game. But I thought I thought the same thing. I thought they played well. I thought they represented well. And uh, for the third game in in in, uh, in a row, number four sold out. I mean, he was he was the guy. You know, I think, um, and, and we're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about Dak. Uh, we're gonna talk about the defense. We're gonna talk about what this game really means in the big picture um, in a minute. Uh, you know, including the, the key question, which is. Did they show up? Did they do that thing? Because we know they didn't show up against uh, San Francisco. 42-10, butt-kicking, non-competitive, had you wondering about who they are and what they're all about. Uh, the Cardinals game, it seemed like everybody got a game like that. So we give them the bad game, bad opponent pass. Uh, that San Francisco thing was a gut punch. So it was good to see them respond. But let's talk about this, man, because when they punted the ball, the Eagles, the Cowboys did what they had to do. They got a three and out. Used the timeouts, made them punt the ball, took over at their uh, 14-yard line with uh, 46 seconds left. At that point, I was like, oh, let me tell you what I started doing real talk. I started packing my stuff up (laughs) to go do the show. Um, What did you think when they got the ball 46 seconds left? I thought it was over. I thought it was over. I mean, in that situation – they usually they usually they usually pack it in they sell. <laughs> um, but the big thing was right off the bat, man. Uh, they got they threw deep, and I was just shocked. I couldn't believe that Bradbury got called for the pass interference um, on the play to Michael Gallup. Like one, okay, I'm gonna take a quick aside in a minute. But one, I just couldn't believe that that they took a side for Michael Gallup, and uh, that to me wasn't was the uh, hold up. We have what is known in the business as a technical issue that uh, came out of nowhere. No, okay, I think we're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm operating in a new studio for the first time, and so I thought the computer wasn't charging. And I was like, if it's not charging, we're going to be dead in a minute, and I'm going to get a text cussing me out about why I didn't check this earlier. So we're good to go. But uh, sometimes this happens. Uh, I'm going to take a quick exit ramp and ask you a very qu- Stop laughing at me, dog. This is a very quick exit ramp. And tell me what you think. I don't like throwing to my third and fourth and fifth receivers in key situations. Dak did it on the fourth down to Jalen Tober. And here's the game winning drive, and he threw it. It worked out. I just find it odd when you go to your when you don't go to your top one or two guys, but it worked out with a thirty five yard pass interference uh on Bradbury against Michael Gallup. What was your thought on that? I thought the call was okay. I, I don't you know, I don't mind the call, it's just I thought the call was okay because it was supposed to be pass interference. Right. You know, that's the problem. It's not that it's not that he dropped the ball. It's not that he wasn't catching it when he was thrown to. It's that Bradbury was all over him and there was no call. Dude. Um, so I you know, uh when they get the pass interference on Bradbury and it's thirty yards, all of a sudden they hit the fifty. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I put my stuff down and started watching because I'm like, they got a shot now. Not a good shot, but they got a shot. At the 14, to me, they had no shot. 
So then they go to uh, Ferguson for 10, and then Doggy hits CeeDee Lamb across the middle uh, for 14 yards to the 25, and I'm like, wow. And then, bro, uh, you know, they got a couple sacks later, and Terrence still had a rough day, man. He just had a rough day. He was uh, a damn turnstile. That's what he was. Okay, normally I'm the one with the harsh words, and you're a kindly, gentler version. Well, he but for, I see to he forgot he was playing right tackle. He's a he's a real turnstile at left tackle. But today, I mean, Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham didn't even I, I don't know. He just let him go. Was he passing him off to a ghost or something? He just <laughs> let him go on the inside. I just thought so, okay. Doug, the situation they had uh, it was there was it was first and goal at the five. Twenty seven seconds left. Tyler Smith, false start. I'm like, dog. North, come on, North Crowley's own Tyler Smith. Yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah. False start. So now it's first and 10 at the 11. Turnstile, Terrence Steele gives up a sack. Second and 21 at the 22. Then they get a delay game. Now all of a sudden it's third and 21 at the 22. I'm like, okay, it's desperation time now. They took a shot, um, incomplete, and then they took a deep shot to CeeDee Lamb. And he got down to like the two yard line, man. And I, I, I thought for a second he was gonna break free, but then they they had him bottled up. And all I could say at that point was, I mean, you did that thing. It just didn't work out for you. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought they represented. I thought they played well. Um, if you play more games like this, you win more games like this. Win, how you, many games? Like like they either they oh, blowing you mean people. It's not a blowout. Yeah, they've yeah. been blowing people out, or they've been getting blown out. But when you you play close games like this, you win more close games like this. When you start, you know, as a team, you get more clutch, and everybody right. understands what they got to do, right. and it's not so much confusing. I got you on that. I believe that. Um, and hopefully we'll see them uh, perform at this kind of high level more regularly as opposed to uh, it being an uh, aberration. Uh, final numbers, Dak Prescott. 29-44 for 374, three touchdowns, 115 passer rating. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 11, 191. Let's not, let's not skip over zero turnovers. And That's the big one, zero turnovers. Can you you got to wait for the preacher, man. All right, you amen. Say amen. All right, all right, and, and you starting the organ up, you got to wait for the preacher, man. All right. CeeDee Lamb, 11 for 191, no touchdowns. 16 targets ought to make the crowd happy. Yep. Jake Ferguson, 7 for 91 with a long of 40. 10 targets. He's turning into that security blanket that Dak always loves. He's no Dalton Schultz, but he's a man. He's a man who can make it happen. Cowboys had third downs. They were 6 for 15. A right, little Dad. better on that. He's a killer. Be- he's oh, a killer. Okay. That's, that's enough of that. All right. Uh, One fumble loss, but uh, that was okay. Uh, so, no, your Dallas Cowboys, and that was at the end of the game. Uh, they played the penalties, man, 10 for 83. Uh, the Eagles had 10 for 98. They got to clean that up. A couple of them were really, really poor. Uh, but overall, man, they, they played a good game. Jalen Hurts, 17 for 23, 207. Um, he played a good game, but he didn't kill him. Uh, he made some plays, which he is supposed to do. Uh, but uh, he didn't kill him. A.J. Brown, six straight games of 125 yards or more, an NFL record, ended today. Seven catches, 66 yards, one touchdown. He was good, as he is because he's a star, but he was not a problem. 
Uh, DeAndre Swift, 18 for 43. 33 for 109 against the run. I mean, they played good, man. They just made too many little bitty mistakes. And it's a game that they'll be disappointed about, uh, that'll hurt their feelings, that'll have them mad for a couple days. But I think if they look back on it, they can really see how they can turn this into, this is who we should be every week. And if we play like this every week, then at the end of the year, we'll be in a position to play our best football and, uh, and, and do some damage in the playoffs. What do you think? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I think, I think like I said before, the more these close games you play, the more you win. They stood toe-to-toe with, quote-unquote, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, and uh, they showed a lot of grit. Uh, they had a bad third quarter, and the third quarter really turned. I mean, they, they were up 17-14 at halftime. The third quarter really turned on uh, Schoonover, the rookie tight end from Michigan. Uh, he had a holding penalty on an 18-yard run by Rico Doddle. Did it hurt uh, you to say that? What, did he went to cheating-ass Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't hurt me to say that. <laughs> it sound like it. Go ahead. No. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I'm a professional about these things. All right. Uh, and that 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 forced them to punt, and that uh, that broke their sh- that uh, that what is what is I'm trying to say that like broke serve and allowed the Eagles to get the ball back, and then the Eagles drove for another touchdown. And that's how they went up uh, 28-17 going into the fourth quarter. But the Cowboys played good, man. I mean, they came back, they overcame that adversity. Uh, that drive where they get stopped at the one-inch line where it's over, that was a tough play, man. Uh, if you listen to the broadcasters, Jake uh, Ferguson didn't run his route shallow enough, forcing the, the safety to come over him. And so yeah. he went under him, and that allowed. But, you know, the question is, how can you tackle a man before he catch the ball? Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm not really. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> because that's what happened. He got tackled before he caught the ball. Um, and so they ended up at the one-inch line, but they got to the stop. They came back down and scored. It just took some time off the clock. Uh, so I understand the frustration uh, that the Cowboys may be feeling. I even understand the frustration that some of the fans may be feeling. But, you know, man, when you play good teams, you can play good and lose. That's why losses to Arizona hurt so much, because if this just was just your second loss, you'd be like, all right, it's all good. So now if you look at the standings, Philadelphia 8-1, Dallas 5-3, and three, uh, Washington 4-5, and five, New York 2-7. and seven. We don't really count about them. Uh, Philadelphia got a tough schedule coming up, though, dog. Uh, they're, um, they got the Chiefs, then they got the Bills, then they got the 49ers, then they got the Cowboys, then they got the Seahawks. All right? So they got a very tough stretch coming up. Dallas has got the next uh, few games at the crib. They got to be able to make some hay right there. And uh, I think this is a race that's going to be decided in December. Uh, The Cowboys got the Giants, the Panthers, Washington, and then Seattle and the Eagles before they start that December death death march with Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit before ending up with uh, Washington. So I think it all evens out. Uh, Dallas Cowboys – Tough, tough game, 28-23 loss. You know, your boy predicted 26-20, so it kind of fell in the realm of where I thought it was going to go. Um, but uh, I think the Cowboys, uh, once it calms down a little bit, I think they'll look at this performance and uh, be like, okay. Now let me tell you all something. Joe was in the neighborhood the other day. 
told me it's going to be on 75 and court. And I said, hey, holler at me when you get there. And then he called back, and I said, you know what was going to happen today? I said, I know, I know, I know, I know. I ain't trying to hear nothing from you. I said, no, dog, you know what's going to happen? He said, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but you're probably going to tell me he's going to bring me a jam session bowl today. I said, hey, that's what I was going to do, man. I already set the money aside, had to uh, empty my pocketbook, was going to bring it to you, was going to make myself uh, a truth teller for a change. But instead, he had to go back home, and so the jam session bowl is awaiting him, but it didn't get done this week. And the reason why we talk about the Jam Session Bowl over there at Smokey John's Barbecue at uh, 1820 West Mockingbird is because it is to live for. Did you hear me? It's to live for. That's because they put a bowl and it's either mac and cheese base or mashed potato base. I used to go with the mashed potatoes. And then you get your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. I regularly rock with the brisket and the sausage. I have been occasionally known to go with the double brisket uh, Joe said he wanted the double brisket, so I was going to rock with that. And then once you tell him that, all that stuff you find on the loaded baked potato, like chives and bacon bits and sour cream and cheese and butter. Hey, man, they ask you how much of that you want and do you want it all? And then you either drizzle it with sauce or you drench it with sauce. They pack it up. It's enough for two, easy. If you got a little shorty, the three of y'all can eat off of it. But I like to tell folks. It's so good that if you want Smokey John's taste in your mouth every day because it's to live for, you can go to the marketplace on SmokeyJohns.com, click on the marketplace, and order the sauce or the rub and have it at your house in a couple days. If you can't wait that long, then you can go to a local HEB, Waxahachie, Burleson, McKinney, Frisco out there by the star, get it right off the shelf, take it to the crib. And have it whenever you want it because it's just that good. Smoky John's barbecue is delicious. I love it. I haven't had a jam session bowl in about a month, which means it's about that time. But I have vowed not to have another one until Big Joe and the Big Rig gets his. That's my pledge to you, my brother. And I take my pledges seriously. Now, <laughs> if y'all can see Joe's face right now. Now, what you got to understand is I can't see it either. I can only imagine what it looked like. He's like, you so full of, uh, you know. But anyway, he knows me 30 years. That's what happens. Um, I think the question is on everybody's mind going into this game. And the Cowboys talked about it a little bit. And it was set up in this way, bro. Jerry Jones took the unusual tact of saying, hey, I don't want to say anything to poke the bear. I'm going to chill out this week. And Dak Prescott heard that, and he was truly, truly, uh, what's the word I want to say? One, he was in kind of incredulous that Jerry would say that, that he didn't want to poke the bear. And then I think he got a little offended, like, if I see a bear, pour honey on me. Yeah, I saw that. And all of that meant to me was saying, you can acknowledge it or you cannot acknowledge it. We all know it's a big game. Don't run from it, embrace it. And I was a little surprised because Jerry normally embraces these things. Uh, and so the question is, would the Cowboys show up? Would they play a game that made you think they could play important games in January and win them? And so the whole question all week, and, and I was in the locker room on Wednesday and Thursday asking guys, listening to their comments, talking about, one, you know, how big a game is it? Did you put too much emphasis on the San Francisco game? Uh, you know, how are you preparing for this one? You know, all the things you would expect. 
And so um, I got to tell you, that first drive, they go three and out, and it looks raggedy to me. Philadelphia go right down the field and score, and I'm like, man, is it going to be one of them kind of days? Yep, uh, I, got, I got a couple <coughs> of texts over here saying it's going to be a long day. And what did you think, though? I wasn't sure because the uh, the Chargers did this. I mean, the Chargers did the same thing, right? And them guys reacted. And I don't, I don't want to keep talking about Mr. Prescott, but he been known. He seemed like when he get a little adversity nowadays, he react like a champ. And so they kind of knocked him around, and he ran a little bit. And uh, I kind of saw some life in that team in the second drive. So, well, see again. You know, and you, I think you, um, this game started off like the Rams to me in this sense. First three times he dropped back, the actual protection is okay. Yeah. He can't find no receivers. I'm like, y'all really can't separate? I mean, really, y'all can't separate? You can't get open? You can't get free? He got he going to have to scramble 50 times a day? I mean, what's up with that? And so uh, the good thing is he was assertive about it, and so he picked up the first down. Now I'm going to rewind for just a second. The reason I didn't like that first drive is this. Philadelphia is good at stopping the run. They're not good at stopping the pass. I'm not trying, and they're playing at home. So what are they? They fired up. They're aggressive. They're ready to play. I'm not coming out and attack their strength from the jump. I'm going to attack your weakness from the jump and hope that that loosens up your strength. Well, obviously Mike McCarthy, knowing a little bit more about football than I do, did what he did. Attack the strength first, and it led to that three and out. And this on the second drive, which and let's not overlook uh, Cavante Turpin's big kick return uh, that gave him good field position. Uh, they came out and attacked, and then once Dak finally got the offense going, they moved down the field and they scored. And uh, they actually ended up taking a fourteen uh, seven lead. And so, to me, man, this was all about. And we talked a little bit about, it, but it was all about everybody showing up. Um, I still got. And so they went, they showed up. I don't have any doubts about that. They played, uh, they got some sacks, they got some pressure. Uh, they played a good game. They faced some adversity and came back. And I think they can build on this one. Uh, but I think more to themselves, they know what's up. And they get a sense of what it takes to win these types of games. You got thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, the Cowboys need to. They need to establish the running game a little better. A, How do they a do? Lot, I'm, I'm, a lot better. I'm, I'm interrupting you because, like, I wrote in my notes twice today. Once Tony Pollard got, like, eight yards, and I'm like, I think he would have took that for, like, 50 last year. And once he got around the corner, and I was like, oh, this finna go. Oh, this is like a six-yard game. I'm like, uh, I don't know that he has it this year. I don't. I mean, and we've talked about why, being a lead back, taking the pound, and people preparing for your runs and all this stuff. And so I don't know that they can – I mean, I don't know that they can get a running game going this year. Well, if they don't, it takes it, it's going to take Brandon Cooks out the game every time because the Eagles stayed in too deep. You know, for a team that's bad against – I mean, they're good against the run, but they didn't have to drop nobody in the box. They stayed, they stayed what we call two on the roof, two deep safeties. Almost the whole game. Now, let me tell you something. That's why we had Big Joe and Big Rig in this game. Because everybody wanted to know why your boy Brandon Cooks 
can't get no targets. In fact, at one point I tweeted out, yo, check this out, people. Michael Gallup got a drop. Kevante Turpin got a catch. Jalen Tobin got a catch. Brandon Cooks ain't even got a target. And we were midway through the third quarter when I did that. Uh, he hadn't been held without a catch since uh, 2020, October 2020 against Minnesota, when he had three targets directed toward him and didn't catch them all. And he caught one today, but I'm not sure if it got overruled because of a penalty. Um, so, yes, Brandon Cooks goes down with one catch for seven yards. So he did get a catch on two targets. But you're saying because he's a deep threat, they're playing too deep, he's not really even a factor. Yeah, where is, where is he at in his offense? He's been running drags and slants. He got hurt on the slant one of them games. I can't remember. But they they went to too deep shell the whole time. I mean, just about the whole game. I think they dropped down to one a couple of times, maybe four times. But he probably wasn't in the game. I mean, where does he fit in this offense, if not a deep threat? Because he can still run. He can still play. He can still contribute. But if if they're going to back up, it's automatic that you run, at least try to run against too deep. Right, because what he's saying is you got four in line, seven in the box, you got to be able to run. Just that simple. Now, Tony Pollard ended up with 12 for 51, uh, 4.3 average, and they'll take some more of that. Uh, again, they were moving the ball on the ground on that drive where Schoonover's penalty uh, ruined it on the first one of the third drive. And so Rico Dottle had, I think, an 18-yard run, came back, and it was this kind of inspiring run you can really build on because he broke the tackle, they dragged the guy two or three yards, and I'm not sure they ever really got him down. Yeah, but, but do, then they, the pen- do they have huh? a one-two punch or not? Are they trying to develop a one-two punch or not? It's just nah, not, they ain't it's got no one-two. They don't have a one-two punch. Yeah, I thought Malik Davis was good last year. At least trying to fill in at that. It's it's one of them things where is Pollard the guy? Yeah, he's the guy, but is he going to be any good at that? So, no, that's a that's a great question. But I I think the the, the other issue is, and this is an off season issue because it's too late to solve this issue now. You paid Tony Pollard ten million dollars a year because you thought he was the guy or he could be the guy. You didn't have any questions about it because if you did, you wouldn't pay him ten million dollars. And what we found out through eight games, now he's, he can still change our opinion because why? Why? Sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a month, a year from now. So what we know today might not be true uh, by the end of the year. But we halfway through the season, and Tony Pollard has got uh, 108 carries for 423 yards and two touchdowns, 3.9 average. Last year he averaged 5.1 a carry and was scoring from 50 yards with regularity. And so my point, which is really just following up what you said, is he might have to be part of a one-two punch because he's not a one guy. And yeah. so, and, and what I'm saying is Rico Dotto might not be good enough to be part of a one-two punch. He may be like your third running back, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so if you had a, a real guy to do the dirty work and then you bring Pollard in as a change of pace, like with Zeke, and I'm not saying they should have brought Zeke back because what he's doing, in, in a, and y'all know I'm a Buckeye, so this ain't about Zeke. But what he's doing in New England and the fact that he had to wait this long for a job proves they didn't need to bring it back, okay? Uh, but they don't have a guy to do the dirty work, so probably doing that, and it's taken away from his strength, which is explosive plays and big runs and, and changing the game. But and they thought they had that, and they don't. Overall, they had 20 carries for 70 yards. And that right. that right there is, 
I don't know. If, and, and, and Tony had, what, 50-something of that on 14. So I don't know if that's an indictment on him or, or maybe the passing game and the circumstances yeah. got him doing other things. I, I don't no, know. I think, I, think today, I think today it was once they got down 28-17, we don't have a lot of time to run because, and I mentioned this earlier uh, on uh, X, which used to be Twitter, <laughs> that uh, this was turning into what uh, one of those low-possession games. Because we were almost in the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys only had six possessions. And most NFL games, you get 10 to 12 possessions. Uh, both teams were having success. Both teams were having long drives. And the game was shortened. And so um, there just weren't a lot of possessions to be had. And so once they got behind, man, I, don't, I, don't think, I think trying to score and win the game became much more important than committing to the run. Because what you're talking about is a little bit of what Philly did. 33 for 109, 3.3 yeah. per carry. Yeah, bang it. Uh, yeah, bang it. Yep. And you could do that because they were in control of the game. Yep. And uh, they, could, they could be a little more deliberate in their actions. And so, uh, but the big thing is, did the Cowboys show up to play? Um, they did, and I think that should give y'all some confidence um, going forward. Well, the last, I would say the last two or three years, probably the last three, anybody with a pulse would give the Cowboys hell or beat the Cowboys, right? Right. And the guys who weren't no good, you know, they would uh, – They scavengers. They yeah. pick the bone. They vultures. They yeah. pick the bones of bad yeah. teams. The good, te- the good teams would do – I think that that's what's different about this team. They was five points and a bunch of uh, uh, little things and penalties from, from beating – what everybody is saying is the best team. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're gonna see Jalen Hurts next time they play him. Uh, why not? Because, you think he's gonna be hurt? Yes. Uh, he almost hurt his knee today when Demarcus Lawrence went in. And that looked like a sprain. It, it was already hurt. Right. And that 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 brotherly shove stuff. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make the culprit that right there. Why you say that? Because the quarterback's knee. Why don't Patrick Mahomes run another quarterback's knee? Because he separated his kneecap. It's a lot of it's a lot of torque on your body when you get banged up in there, especially if they shoving and everybody trying to. Get, I think that hurts. I think I think that's got to be painful when he does that. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, well, they, they play keep... him. What I'm trying to say is they play him in such a physical way. You'll right. see him run like a six yard touchdown where he breaks four tackles. You don't last like that. No, we saw. That's the same thing happened with Cam Newton. Same thing gonna happen with uh with Josh Allen. Josh Allen banged up right now because them guys running the ball yeah, too was. much. No, I feel you on that. Uh, speaking of that, your quarterback, man, that dude was balling today. Once again, twenty nine of forty, twenty nine forty four, three hundred seventy four yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm not even sure today he threw an interceptable pass. Uh, he did get sacked five times, but he used his feet, man, to make plays, and he was uh, he was really phenomenal today. Um, I'm curious, not because I care what they say, I'm just curious what they say from a national perspective about Dak tomorrow. But again, I don't care what they say because so many of those shows are driven just to drive fans crazy and to get clicks and viewers that. I don't necessarily believe that they believe everything that they say. When I say they, I'm talking about national uh, talking heads. But it'll be interesting to see what they say about Dak after a performance like that where clearly 
he did just about everything he could do to get the Cowboys a win. Three weeks in a row he's done that. Three weeks yeah. in a row he's done that. That's that's some consistency right there. Be the reason we win, not the reason we lose. And he did he's done more than that. He sold out today. Dog, when he took that helicopter run trying to get that touchdown, that reminded me of that first playoff game against Seattle that they won uh, in 16 or 17, uh, where he got into the end zone about that. Because when I saw it, I was like, you know, young Dak would have scored on that. Uh, Old Dak gave it to college try. And that's a good play by um, uh, the Eagles defender, because if he goes a little lower, he he probably gets in there. But because he kind of crouched and came up with him and flipped him like that, he didn't get in. Uh, So it's a good play all the way around, but – Dude, he's playing like that. He's escaping the pocket. He's making great throws on the run. I mean, he made a throw to, I think it was CD on the run and one to Ferguson on the run, and I was just like, that was That was was the most uh, unsafe play that I've seen Dak make since he's been back in scrambling. Um, He's been pretty uh, wise with his body nowadays, and I like that. I like that. No, he uh, he did that today where he's, there was a couple of times he's like, okay, this one's over. Let me slide and go on, get up. Uh, but on that one, and that's what you want, man, make business decisions. Like, mm-hmm. it's time to win. We need to win. Let me go make a play right here and see what I can make happen. That's okay. Uh, regardless of what happens, that's the time to make that decision because the game is on the line. You're trying to win. First quarter is not the time to make, the, make that decision. Uh, so, no, Dak was uh, – Dak was terrific, man. It looks like, to me, uh, Jake Ferguson is progressing and is turning into a, a real underneath security blanket, much like Dalton Schultz that he can use. Oh, Dak like a tight end. Yes, sir. No, he do. And so yes, you better sir. get him one that he can work with because he like one. Um, and, you know, and now I'm going to take a quick exit. And this is what you like about the way the Cowboys operate. So they got Jake Ferguson. They got Dalton Schultz. Uh, Jake Ferguson looks like he's going to because it's just his second year it looks like he's going to emerge into a really nice player and when the time comes as a fourth round pick in two more years you're like so what do we do with Jake Ferguson well by then you hope Schoonover has developed and he can take it for a couple years you know and you just kind of pass the baton without ever having to pay a tight end big money Um, that's part of your draft and development strategy that you hope leads to uh roster consistency and able to manage the cap so that you can pay the stars that you have the big money that they deserve. Um, but uh, as we get back to Dak Prescott, um, the way he managed the game, the way he took him down the field at the end and they had a chance to win, uh, I can't really find any negatives. And as we talked before, man, it seems to me like he has found his rhythm, his rhythm. Like, like I can't speak for him. Like Brandon Cooks ain't found his rhythm in the offense. Okay, but it seems to me like Jake Ferguson has found his rhythm in the offense and how he gets in and fits in. It seems to me like they didn't figure out CeeDee Lamb. He has 16 targets today. He won't be pouting about that. I thought he wasn't pouting. He said people was reading his body language wrong. Uh, that 12 letter cuss word was pouting, and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that's I said. Okay. All that, that's all okay. that BS he was talking about. You was, you was yeah. mad. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I yeah. want you to be mad. Right. Right. It's all good. Yeah. Um, he didn't act a fool. He was just mad. Yeah. And so um, he got 16 targets. He can live with that. But what we're talking about is your boy Dak looks like he has found his comfort zone within the Texas Coast offense, as they call it. 
and now he's just kind of playing football and doing what he do and making plays and and that's why the season is long, man, because you can get better during the season once you understand what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with I'm good with if all else fails, hit number eighty eight. And I'm good with don't give your body up, play smart, live to live to play another play, live to play another game. You know, I used to hold my breath after Jack broke his leg. I used to hold my breath every time he got hit. But he really, right, right. I mean, I just, you know, he's our best quarterback. So what's up? I just want to see him. I, I want to see him keep playing like he's playing, man. Like I said, it's just people make a big deal out of the interceptions. How about we make even a bigger deal when he don't throw the ball away, when he don't give the ball away? Fumbles, his pocket awareness is a little better than it was. Because yeah, he's I mean, tucking that ball and taking them sacks. <laughs> It is. What it is. Well, he he's understanding when the play is over. Yep. Like, okay, I, this one's a wrap, so let me just tuck the thing and take this sack and live to play another day. That's perfect. And sometimes, yep. sometimes that takes a minute to grasp. Uh, you know, I thought early on they gave him, when the pass rush was really coming, they gave him some outlets. I saw some check downs on sure the side. Enough. He took yep. those a couple times. Yes, he did. And, and they had him on each side. Yes, he uh, did. Right there in the flat. So, like, you get in trouble, boom, throw it down, man. And let's get these three or four yards and keep it moving. Um, they're starting to get Cavante uh, Turpin uh, a little more involved. Excuse me, man. I'm laughing because. I was going to ask you why you were laughing. Every time he throw a check down, my wife, that's, see that? That's a check down. That's what he's doing. He's throwing a check down. And so, you know, she's like, what's a check down? Well, see Tony standing there waiting on the ball? <laughs> that's a check down. See how he got six yards? That's what we're trying to get Dak to do and quit hunting that old long stuff. You know, and it's, it's right there for him. And he threw the check down early. He threw it right on time today, I thought. Mm. Uh, yeah, he did. And then, um, you know, I think uh, – Michael Gallup's snaps got reduced uh, last week for Jalen Tolbert. I think you're going to see Jalen Tolbert's snaps increase and Michael Gallup's continue to decrease. Now, he had a costly drop, too, on that drive uh, that ended with the field, with the punt on the start of the third quarter. Uh, now, he came back and made a couple big plays that helped him later. Uh, but, dude, here's the deal. Um, and somebody sent me this on Twitter. They said uh, I know it's way too early, but I think Michael Gallup's going to be a salary cap casualty next year. And I was like, dog, you're like three weeks too late with your – you think it's too early analysis. They did not pay that – get that man a five-year, $62 million contract uh, to be a bit player. They thought he was going to be a deep threat and a really good number two receiver. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, injury or whatever, um, he's not produced. And so he makes too much money uh, to be – third or fourth on the death chart, and so he'll be gone. And so it's not that Jalen, Jalen Tober will move into his spot. Maybe they'll draft another guy, and Jalen Tober will be a really good four, but he'll be competing for, for time, and I think they're going to use most of these last eight weeks to really see what Jalen Tober can do because he caught a pass today. There was a nice pass down the middle. He caught that touchdown. His confidence in terms of how he can contribute should be high or as high as it's ever been. And then I think Turpin, man, you know, he had that touchdown call back, I think, against the Rams. Um, he caught a touchdown today. I think that um, they're trying to find ways to involve him and just give him an opportunity in space and see what can make happen. But it all starts with Dak Prescott. He was phenomenal today. And uh, oh, I think he's found his rhythm. And if uh, he can keep up, he can eat the next few weeks while they play these teams that they usually go off on. 
Yeah, we'll see about Turpin because he 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 got, he got a stinger, and uh, he Dude, ain't gonna. I thought he I thought he broke his collarbone at first. Yeah, he ain't gonna feel the same way Monday that he feel today because he went to the blue tent. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> he got the blue tent. Went to the blue tent. Probably yeah. got that long needle. Yeah, Monday he, good he, got, go. he got a rub, a needle, or something. Because Monday morning. That thing gonna be barking. Yes, indeed. Yes, barking indeed. Like that. Yes, indeed. Um, I don't know what to make of the Cowboys' defense today. It seemed like they played good, but they also gave up twenty-eight points, and they gave up two game-changing drives. One to start the game, they put you down seven nothing. Immediately had you chasing the game, and then one uh, again in the start of the second half that had you chasing it because it put you behind and ultimately led to a 28-17 deficit. But then in the fourth quarter, they showed up and uh, gave the offense an opportunity to win. Uh, and so I'm kind of conflicted over them. I don't think they played poorly by any stretch, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to look at some stats here. They gave – okay, you know what, man? They gave up 292 yards to Philadelphia. I can't really moan and groan about them. Well, it's kind of like – that's a bad I'm, field position. I'm too. gonna go back to the old boxing analogy. It's kind of like the Hearns Hagler fight. Okay, they, they both came out swinging. They both was champions. Somebody had to lose, and it was Hitman. <laughs> you know, is you know, they, they, they both they stood in the middle of the ring, went toe to toe, and Hitman lost. That's the Cowboys did today. I mean, you 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 can't say they did a good job on AJ Brown and then say they didn't play well. You know, well, that, I, I think I, that's why I yeah, started yeah. off talking about I'm conflicted. Like yeah. AJ Brown, seven for sixty-six. You can't. You can certainly live with that. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts, seventeen to twenty-three for two hundred seven and two touchdowns. You can live with that. He what did, did, what J- Devontae have? He had three for fifty-one and a touchdown. Wow. It seemed like he did more than that. But wow. Okay. See, they did. Nah. They. Uh, I think the big thing is they couldn't get the turnover today. And one turnover, the apparent turnover they did had got ruled back correctly. They and, played a uh, lot of man today. Oh, they dog, they was all man. They was all about the man. Yeah, that's, that's what happened on Devontae touchdown to, to Bland. Hey, dog, I can't even get mad about that. I ain't either, but he, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I was like, man, I'd like to see Jalen throw into some tight windows, but you gotta, you got to cover number 11. That's probably why they went to a lot of man, just so they could bracket that guy. Yeah. Uh, touchdown pass you're talking about, to me, Bland had about as good a coverage as you can have. His yeah. perfect throw, yeah. perfect catch, back of the end zone. Yeah. It's still, man, t- it's still man to man, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. if he had some help over the top, you know how he do. He probably would have snagged that thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of them things where it's either or. You either let Brown go crazy on you or you take away what you can and – I live with them 28 points. Like I say, quote, unquote, from possibly the best team in the NFC, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think when you go deeper into it, you go uh, Aubrey, uh, when the score is 7-7, Aubrey, who's been great all year, first he banged the extra point off the upright. So I go, okay, he is human. Oh, my goodness. And then he kicked, like, he, <laughs> like almost every kick he's had, probably like 99% of them have been touchbacks. Uh, and all of a sudden he kicked it out of bounds. Like, how did that happen? What's, what? Uh, I, I thought, man, the kicker is gone. He done, he, he done left the building. I thought, oh no, yeah. here we go. He done went bad. You know how they do, right? So what I'm saying is that gave a good offense the ball at the forty. They went down and scored. Then man, to start the second half, 
On a touchback, how do you get a personal five for unnecessary roughness, Rashawn Evans? Which get in the ball at the 40 again, and they go down and score. And just, then on the, he was just activated. I know, dog. That'll get your butt deactivated, man. Personal five on a, on a touchback. And then, um, well, maybe he just got here and he didn't know Aubrey sent most of the kickoffs into the end zone. And then uh, on a touchdown drive that they did score to make it 28-17, Cowboys had three penalties. And I was just like, man, y'all. <laughs> and if I see one more dude on defensive line lining up in the neutral zone, man, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. So um, they can look back at that and go, we played overall well. I mean, anytime you give up less than 300 yards to an NFL team, you done done the damn thing, really. They held them to, to uh, 3.3 a carry on the run. Uh, they did a lot of good things, man. Just the details, little bitty mistakes hurt them today. And they're going to be cussing when they look at the tape and go, man, if we had done this, this, and this, we probably could have held them to a couple touchdowns and beat them. Well, the pass interference on, on 21. On Gilmore? Yeah. That was one of the plays on that scoring drive. And what that's is just, that? What is that? That's bull. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go on. Go ahead, man. You can call it Buffalo Chips. You can call nah, it Poppycock. There's a bunch of bullshit. bullshit. That's what it was. A bunch of okay. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the officiating was, was awful. You know, we just got one of them games where they just decided to be awful. They just decided to be inconsistent and awful. Well, I think, I think it was inconsistent because both teams ended up with the same number of penalties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 for 83 for Dallas, 10 for 98 for the Eagles. Uh, but that was a shady call, man. Um, and it helped them quite a bit because it, it helped them go down to score and, and take their 11 point lead, which, uh, you know, forced Dallas to play, to chase the game and play a certain style. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it just, it's, it just is what it is. There's a, there's a part of the NFL that says, when in doubt, throw that thing up, hope for the best. Uh, and a lot of times you'll get rewarded, uh, because that one, that one hurt, but, um, to me, it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the end-all, be-all, but it, it didn't help. Now, I do have a question I'm rewinding because I got into a conversation with somebody about this back and forth. Uh, first drive of the game, are you challenging the spot on that no. first third no. down play? No. Why not? It's too early to be losing timeouts if you don't get it. You know, I, I, That's what I'm thinking. The, the, the challenge is such a – I don't know. It's, it's, it's so subjective because if you, if you win – you good. If you don't, you lose time out. Then you're looking for it later. So, well, I'm gonna tell y'all if I can find it right quick about this conversation I had because uh, this guy was like because I said um, I said the whole I said the same thing is because uh, he hit me after the game. He says, "Boy, wouldn't it?" This is uh, D Feldman fifty three on Twitter. Uh, let me see if I can find the original point. Uh, okay, the original point is a challenge on the spot two minutes into the game and 65 yards from the end zone does not set a tone because he was like, you should challenge it because then they'll punt. And I'm like, you don't know that they'll punt. You think that they'll punt, but you don't know. And he goes, this is a bad take. It forces a punt. And I'm like, I would disagree. And so then after the game, he goes, wouldn't it have been nice to challenge a spot, force a punt, and avoid an opening TD? Glad McCarthy didn't burn his challenge too early and save them to use on the plane home. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, nope, 
the whole butterfly effect. You have no idea if they would have punted. You have no idea how the spot would have gone. You think you know, but you don't. And he goes, you don't know either. And he goes, it's clear with a fourth and two in minus territory, it would have been harder. Harder doesn't mean they wouldn't have gone for it. They have a play that they think is foolproof. On that tush, push, brotherly shove today, how many times did they just gain one yard? They gained about three. <laughs> Duh! Yeah. They think anything fourth and two and in is like, hey, let's go for it. So, you know, but. Well, the uh, the opinion, the opinion of people is the beauty of sports. That's why we're here. Right. And that's why people got opinion. I mean, that's that's what I love about it. Some of the conversations I get into and that we get into about this thing. And that's why I said, okay. I, I said K because that's that's my dismissive approach. Yeah. Dot dot dot. I disagree uh, because he's talked with such um, authority. Like this is how it was going to go down. I'm like, dog, you don't know. Nobody knows. Um, that's why I said you think you know, but you don't uh, because they have. You know, it's just a whole different thing. But your opinion is fine. Yeah, it's just uh, a philosophy, though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have burned time out of you. You know, you just don't. You never know. You gotta keep that. You gotta keep that stuff in your back pocket. You never know right. when you're gonna need it. Right. You know? Like you would hate to do it on a challenge right there, lose it, and then maybe not have one to do for a turnover at the end of the first half. Yeah. But that's plus why they they sixty five yards away. It's not like they at the twenty. You're going in to score. That's different. I mean, you got a good defense. You're thinking, okay, it's first drive of the game. We'll stop them somewhere along this drive. But that's why I always say if you go for it on fourth down, it's not the decision to go for it. It's how did you try to go for it. You know, I'm never mad about if coach want to go for it or not. It's always how did you – how was you trying to achieve that? Was the play call terrible? Then you probably should have, <laughs> you probably should have kicked the ball. But if you, if you make a spectacular miss, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let me see. I don't, you know, I don't, for the most part, for the most part, I don't even get into the play calls because why did you call it? You thought it was going to work when you called it. Oh, it is a such thing as a stupid play call. <clears throat> oh, I said for the most part. No, I'm going to say that for myself. Because there, are, there yeah. are some stupid play calls. It is. But for the most part, you called the play because you thought it would work. Yeah. Now, what I like to do and go back later is, and you can't even do this after the game. You got to wait like a sometimes a day, sometimes a week. Okay, what was you trying to do on that play? Because it didn't seem, you yeah. know, it seemed odd to make that choice and that decision right there. So what were you trying to do? Why did you think that was a good play call right there? Well, that's the art of being a, being a reporter. It's, not, uh, yeah. it's how you ask. Oh, no, everything is about how you ask. Yeah, right? yeah I learned that from y'all. <laughs> Well, being married 32 years, too. So. Well, yeah, that'll help, too. Like, yeah. why did you – hey, babe, uh, this is really delicious. Why did you uh, – why did you serve this for dinner today? Yeah. Why oh, did, it was this. Why, why text, cream gravy instead of brown? I don't understand. Right. Then you text me and say, I can't believe she cooked this damn No, nah, I ain't never text you that. I'm not talking about you, record, man. I'm saying. Don't put me in <laughs> – it's the collective you, man. No, Quit man. Being so no, sensitive. No, I'm not being sensitive. I got people listening to this thing. I ain't never text you that in my life. Don't start that shit right there. Hey, easy killer. <laughs> Nobody said you text. I didn't mean. I you. categorically deny I text anything okay, like that. You have never texted me. Yeah. I want this for the record. Oh, we 
just that the lovely Miss Hartfield. We protested too much now. <laughs> Should have should have cooked brown gravy, but she served cream instead. No, okay, sir. that I, was never an issue. I right. absolutely love her gravy. Let's get back on on track here. <laughs> That's enough gravy talk. Roger that. Only gravy you should get should come from Smokey John's Barbecue right there, there on eighteen twenty West Mockingbird. All right, so we're gonna have. Uh, we haven't had a lot of Cowboys talk the last couple of weeks because your Texas Rangers Them Rangers won the World Series. I know that's hard for y'all to believe. Yeah. They won the World Series. Uh, my content creator, David, is over here wearing a red Texas jersey. I got to tell you, I ain't never seen him in a Rangers jersey in my life, but he got one on. I don't know if it's new. I don't know if it's old, but he, he got it. Hey, I dug out my Oh, stuff. it's brand new. It's got a world. It's, no, it, it could be left over from 2011 World Series. Yeah, I got a lot oh, of Oh, yeah, he got, oh, he got another, another cheating-ass Michigan guy's jersey, Derek Holland. Uh, Derek Holland, my guy, though. We had a lot of great conversations about Ohio State and Michigan, especially when we was kicking ass on the regular. Um, but uh, we're going to get out of here. A lot of Cowboys talk this week now that baseball is over. And if you have a chance, if you're a huge Rangers fan, don't be ashamed to go back and watch game five and game four and even game uh, one against Houston. Any of that. Uh, or game one against Arizona. Any of that. Uh, go ahead and savor it and enjoy the championship because they're hard to come by. When Ohio State won its championship, uh, what was that, uh, 2014, I think, I went back and I must have watched the Ohio State-Alabama game probably, I lost track of count how many times I watched it. I would just have it on. I'd be working. I would just have it on. And when Zeke got ready to go 85 yards through the heart of the South, I yep. stopped. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's going to score. Yeah, go Zeke, go. So, and then, so I'm telling y'all, if you're a huge Rangers fan, enjoy this championship. Go back and rewatch all the games. It's just so you know. I'm a reporter, uh, but the games were such that I went back. I ain't going to tell you all what I did, but it's just us friends here. So let me tell you all real quick what I did before we get out of here. I don't think I told you all. So I had a very long day, uh, game one. I was in Los Angeles going to the Colorado-UCLA game. So I had to watch game one from L.A. Had a long travel day. A couple things went wrong. And so uh, I'm watching the game, taking some notes. And then the top of the ninth ended. And I looked and I said, okay, they got nine one two coming up. This is good. I went to sleep during the two-and-a-half-minute commercial with the Rangers down five to three. So imagine my surprise when I woke up the next morning. I said, oh, I woke up about 3 in the morning. I go, ah, I wonder, I just want to, you know, I assume they lost 5-3 because they hadn't gotten anything going since early in the game. When I looked up and saw that those fools had won 6-5, I was like, oh, my God. And I immediately went to MLB app to rewatch the game and did all this stuff. But I was like, I can't believe I fell asleep on that. And it's one of the most epic comebacks ever. So that's me sharing a little something with y'all. How about that? That's what it is, man. That's what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm getting me a Dolores Garcia, Garcia jersey. Oh, we're going to do that, man. He a bad man. He plays with a certain Javri uh, Spirit Decor. I forget yeah. what else. Javri Spirit of Life. Something. I figure out what it is I want to say next time. I know what it is, but I can't remember my high school French, even though my name is Jean-Jacques. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, and once he again. Wore, he wore 53. Yes, uh, we always appreciate you listening to the Jacques Talk podcast brought to you.
presented to you by Grinning Law. Uh, don't forget to re- review, rate, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. We need all of that to keep, uh, keep the podcast thriving. And uh, until we chat again, you guys be blessed.